0: You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. Kelly Lang is a singer-songwriter and grew up in country music. Her father, Velton Lang, was the longtime road manager for superstar Conway Twitty. And being around great legends in the music business gave Kelly the burning desire to pursue her own personal music career. Well, as a songwriter, Kelly has had a stellar career with her songs being recorded by artists such as Ricky Skaggs, Lori Morgan and the Oak Ridge Boys, as well as Crystal Gale, George Jones, even Jerry Lee Lewis, and of course, T.G. Shepard, just to name a few. Well, she has also performed and recorded duets with iconic artists of Sir Barry Gibb of the Bee Gees, Dame Olivia Newton-John, Paul Schaefer, and yes, Lee Greenwood. And as part of a national campaign, her voice and writing skills can be heard on the television with her song, I'm Not Going Anywhere, as the official anthem for the Ascension St. Thomas Hospital commercial. The song was also featured in the Burt Reynolds film, The Deal. While Kelly Lang is also an author, recently releasing her new book by the same title, I'm Not Going Anywhere. And she is the recipient of the Icon Award from the Southern Women in Film and Television and had multiple appearances on the world-famous Grand Ole Opry stage. And she's also a member of the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, the North American Country Music Hall of Fame, and soon to be a member of the Rockabilly Hall of Fame. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome singer, songwriter, author, and a superstar in her own right, the incomparable Kelly Lang. Welcome.
1: My goodness, there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> That's <laughs> the greatest introduction I've ever had, Doc. Thank well, you.
0: Kelly, I absolutely love it when you come back onto my show and uh, we you and I always have great fun. but oh, yes. uh, you know I've got to say you've come a long way since Star Search.
1: Whew, haven't I? <laughs> it's a long <laughs> journey. It seems like it's just like creeping along as a turtle, but, you know, I love the process, I love the journey, and every little thing that, that we do to add to the, the long list of beautiful accolades that you just mentioned have, have taken a long time to acquire, and I, I'm so appreciative of the things that you acknowledge. That's great.
0: Well, <clears throat> when you when you walked on stage at Star Search, did you even know who Ed McMahon was?
1: Oh yes, I was a big uh, Tonight Show fan. Of course, he was this Johnny Carson's sidekick, and uh, I had gone out to do a con- an actual show with T.G. Shepard when I was 16 years old, and ran into Ed McMahon in the NBC studios prior to me even doing Star Search. So it was, I, I was aware of him. His his presence was very intimidating. I will tell you, it, it was you know in the Publishers Clearinghouse. We all know him from that. <laughs> But um, he, he was a, a big man he, and he didn't speak to us as artists. He just basically did, you know, his job as MCing, and, and uh, he was very intimidating. And I didn't spend a lot, I spent more time with his wife Victoria at the time, but um, it was it was quite an ordeal. It's kind of like compared to today's American Idol, I can't imagine the, the kids really spending much time with Lionel Richie per se, you know, it's, or Ryan Seacrest, you know, it's just kind of on for television.
0: Yeah, you know, what? I have talked to so many uh, singers. I'll call them singers. Some have become recording artists that have been on American Idol, have been on The Voice. And, uh, and I'm sure there's other shows like that out there as well. And, you know, just the process. And I'm sure that, and a lot of them s- say the same thing, how overwhelming and difficult the whole process was with Star Search like that.
1: Well, the difference in Star Search versus, say, let's use American Idol as an example. We didn't have computers. We didn't have social media. We didn't have the ability for some bully to sit behind their computer and talk about how awful we looked in our stage clothes or whatever, you know. Um, So the kids today, I say kids because they're, you know, starting younger and younger, it seems every year. Um, They've got a a totally different set of pressure and rules that that didn't apply when I did it. I just went out there as an 18-year-old kid, very green and had really never done national television before. And a funny story about that, I was so green that they told me to cut my 3 three minute and 30 second song down to 2 minutes and 30 seconds. and That's kind of hard to do, you know, when you try to think about how long it needs to be. So, I sent my song in and, and I was happy with it, how I did it. And when I went out there to rehearse, it was a totally different version than what I had in my mind. And I'm like, wait a minute, where, where do I sing? Where do I begin? Or How's the ending? And he says, well, you sent it in. And I said, well, I, I, it's totally different though. And he says, how did you time your song? I said, with an egg timer, of course, you know, (laughs) totally green. He goes, you're the one from Tennessee, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) It was rather funny, but, um, you know, just thank goodness. Uh, I've learned a whole lot from men, but uh, the technical things are so much easier to deal with these days. And it's, it's a, double-edged sword you know the kids have got it made because they can really promote their careers differently and more abundantly but you know comes some good and bad with that
0: well you know you're you have a brand new single out you did the iconic midnight train to georgia and ladies and gentlemen i will tell you one thing gladys knight would be very very proud and um, thank you what made you want to record such an iconic song
1: Well, during the pandemic, I released an album called Old Soul, which we talked about. And it was a lot of songs that, you know, we just hear in the grocery store still. They're like every breath you take. And um, I can't... Oh my, I can't think of a lot of this. Well, You're you had,
0: well, you had me and Mr. Jones by yeah, Billy Paul. And you yeah. had your love has lifted me higher by Rita Coolidge. And even <laughs> you know more e- about me than I do. <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> and it's even mine. easy by the Commodores. And, yeah. and actually, and I'm going to, and I really want to kind of get in into this because when I heard midnight train to Georgia, now I'm from Georgia. So, but, uh, awesome song but the song when i heard it i went back to your old soul album and i was looking at some of these songs and so the ones like i just mentioned me and mr jones and your love has lifted me higher and even easy uh, these songs really seem to fit you perfectly so you. what was it about these songs that drew you to not only record those but then the record midnight train to georgia
1: well you know I, I first of all gladys knight is my all-time favorite artist ever and i cut imagination of of hers and the pips um on the old soul album but i'd also recorded um um my goodness i can't i can't think of the name of it right now doctor it, it was uh best thing that ever happened to me um, there was another ballad song that I'd recorded before, so I could do a Greatest Hits of Gladys Knight's in a can really quickly, but I, I stared clear of Midnight Train all these years because it was so huge, and I knew that I couldn't beat her version, but I thought, you know what? I was challenged by another interviewer at one time. He says, oh, please tell me you're going to do this song, and I'm like, hmm So I went into the studio and just laid down a track just to see if I could even get into it, you know, because I loved it so much. I didn't want to not do it justice. I had so much fun recording it. The musicians had so much fun recording it. I thought this has got to be the first single. So um, we've got a new video coming out this week on that. I'm looking forward to sharing that with everybody. And... It's, it's me in a, in a train car, real, a real life, you know, old timey train car. It's super fun. The backstory of this song, I learned a a friend of mine, Jim Weatherly wrote the song. He called his friend at the time, Lee Majors, who's the actor that played six million dollar man and who was dating Farrah Fawcett at the time. Farrah answered the phone and he says, Hey, Farrah, what are you doing? And she said, I'm getting ready to catch a midnight plane to Houston. And he said, Oh, that's, that's catchy. So he wrote the song Midnight Plane to Houston and recorded it. And when he presented this to say Sissy Houston to record, she goes, you know what? My people would never fly to Houston, but we would take a train to Georgia. And he says, okay, I will change the words for you. So he did Midnight Train to Georgia came about in a, such a strange way and, um, Then, of course, Gladys Knight made it the hit that it is. And it's just, you know, it's a classic and it's a song that everybody seems to know and it's fun to perform, I will tell you that.
0: Well, I think you and Gladys Knight should do a duet on that song.
1: (laughs) From your mouth to God's ears, I would love it. (laughs) I've seen her in concert so many times and I I would love to meet her and it just has not really worked out for me, but one day, hopefully, that would be awesome.
0: Well, with all of the songs that, you know, with with Midnight Train in Georgia, uh, and you have the new video uh, coming out, you mm-hmm. also made the cover of what, Cashbox magazine?
1: Can you believe that?
0: I was like, wow, go Kelly Lang. <laughs> <laughs> go, I <was> girl. I <laughs>
1: super excited. I know. Even TG was like, dang, we need to frame that. I, I just was blessed you know i mean i just think that the the longer i keep doing this people know i'm not leaving i ain't going anywhere so the tenacity to continue in this business even at my my age in my life is is really rare and i just i love every little challenge and every mountain that we get to climb and that was that was certainly a very nice icing on my cake i loved that
0: well you have written uh so many songs that some of the most famous people in country music have recorded. I mean, how does that work today? I mean, do do people just call you up and say, Kelly, uh, I need a song for my album. What do you have? Or uh, can we sit down yeah. and write together?
1: Uh, both, actually. I wrote um, every week for about a year with Lori Morgan and uh, her keyboard player. And we came up with a whole album for her called I Walk Alone. And I'm just really proud of that project. It's kind of like her life story set to music. It's very colorful, very fun. Um, and she's actually been calling me this last couple of weeks and asking me for more material for an upcoming album that she has because you know she's aware of how I write. So that's one way. Um, another way is You know, like T.G. was doing a duet album and the producer was looking for songs and I pitched a lot of songs. I didn't want to let him know that I was the one that wrote them because I didn't want to, you know, make him think I'm his wife, you know. So um, he picked like 10 songs for a duet project that happened to be um, that T.G. and he recorded with Ricky Skaggs and um, we wrote a song called The Killer and Jerry Lee Lewis came in and recorded that with TG. So it's, it's just different ways. You know, people have either uh, heard something I've done and asked if I have anything else that would be reminiscent of that. And the longer you go on, the more you know people in the music business, they are aware of what you can do. I, my favorite thing is though, is when you get validation from people that you work alongside with and they call you or take the time to text or email you and say, Hey, I heard your song on a commercial, proud of you, you know, that." Oh, that really is—it holds me at night. I I really love that. It's it's very flattering.
0: Well, you're just so good at what you do. Who wouldn't want to work with the Kelly with the, with Kelly Lane? Come on. Oh,
1: there's some people. I, I'll <laughs> give you their names later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. I know. I, I could imagine. I, I'm hearing stories about the industry, but uh, is when you do, let, let's say you do a duet, and I know you've sung with uh, T.G. and others. And if you're recording songs for, let's say, a duet album or mm-hmm. a song that you' that's going to appear on someone else's album, what's the process of putting a duet together? Um, you know it's not it's, you know, especially if you're singing in a different key than somebody else.
1: Yeah, for instance, when I sang with Olivia Newton-John, I recorded um, "How Can You Mend a Broken Heart here in Nashville? We did the whole track here and I laid my vocal down. And then I took that on a hard drive to, to Las Vegas. And we met at a recording studio called The Palms. She flew in early from California because she was doing a residency there. And we plug in the hard drive and she adds her vocal to that and bring it back home and mix it. So that's one way of doing it. Um, Lee Greenwood came into the studio here in Nashville and added his vo- voice to my already recorded track. But with TG and I, we're getting ready to record another duet album coming up this fall. It is so funny, Dr. <laughs> we are so different. And I didn't even know this until we recorded together. I am a, I, I just innately know music. I know words to songs I probably shouldn't have even known, like before I was even born. Similar to you with your medicine, I'm sure you just innately know things, you know, that you take for granted probably, but other doctors may struggle with things that you know so well. Well, TG is a very organized, very by the book kind of guy. So when I would type up the lyrics for him, if I made a mistake, which is really common, he would literally sing the mistake. Like (laughs) if I said the word and, and I spelled it R-N-D, A-R-N-D or so, whatever, he would sing it as Arnd, you know? He just, he's very literal. And I was like, (laughs) what are you singing? He says, it's right here, it's on the paper. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, so.
0: That reminds me of the scene in Anchorman when they said, you gotta be careful what you put on the (laughs) teleprompter. Exactly. because he'll say it <laughs> it's exactly
1: tg he will say anything i write down which I, I i should really take advantage of that honestly i think i will we're gonna have it all recorded when we like video recorded when we do our <laughs> duet so i'm gonna i'm gonna mess with him that's just between me and you
0: <laughs> it, it's a, it's our secret now <laughs> when it comes to someone like tg or anybody that so are most of the duets, are the tracks laid down separately, or do two people ever go into the studio and sing at the same time, or how's that, with, I mean?
1: With TG and I, we do. We'll be in the same booth together, or I, we'll be at the studio together for one thing, but I may do my vocal first, or he may, it depends on who's doing the harmony, you know? I'm an, I'm not the greatest of harmony singers, so generally I I sing lead, and he'll help me with the harmonies or something, But um, that's a whole different talent. I mean, I can do it, but it's it takes me a lot longer, so I hire the big guns to come in and do the, the big stuff. Well, the heavy I, lip. I,
0: I think the king of, of harmony would be Sir Barry Gibb. You think? <laughs> <laughs> I, he, so he I, I think you can make a phone call and straighten that out.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Barry, what are your thoughts on this, you know? You know, it's, it's funny, people write differently and people record differently. And it's it's a unique process because it's it's unique to each individual artist. But um, I write so differently than, say, Barry. I didn't realize that he wrote around a, a rhythm. Like, he'll come up with a rhythm first, like jive talking. He was driving over a bridge and every time he would go over the same bridge, it was a, like a, a rift that he would write to. And he'll pick up a, a line of, of a word, and he'll he, he'll find rhymes to go with it. S- some of them make more sense than others, but if they fit melodically, it's 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 miraculous, you know. I and I just can't write like that. I th- I just think it's amazing that he can do that.
0: Well, have you ever studied? You know, you bring up a great point with Barry, but have you studied other songwriters and their process in creating songs? Because it's kind of funny because. I've heard story. well, I've seen the documentary with the, with the Bee Gees, and when they're in the yeah. studio, and they would literally write songs on the fly.
1: Oh, and they then, do, yeah. Oh, yeah, did. then
0: Neil Diamond would spend three months trying to figure out two lines before the song was finished, and then there's others that can write a song in ten minutes, and it's done, and it's a hit.
1: Well, the, the beautiful thing about being Barry Gibb is that you can afford the, the studio time <laughs> and sit there and write while you're in the studio. People like myself have to be prepared ahead of time. And like, for instance, I wrote a song the other day. Um, I can't wait to share it with you. I think you'll really appreciate it. It's, it's called, um, well, I'll wait till later. I will tell you later. Because it's. <laughs>
0: That's fine. That. that's fine that's um, fine no but you'll no.
1: appreciate it though
0: yeah but anyway
1: i'm recording that on tuesday and i've never done a track like this before where it will basically be all drums it's basically full-blown drums and then we'll add the music in later so it's it's a complete backwards way of recording a song but um I, i'm i can just hear it in my head hopefully my co-producer will help me Pull that out on Tuesday.
0: Uh, I, I love the process that so many recording artists go through when it comes to writing a song and recording the song. I, I just think it's a, it's not even a science anymore. It's it's a it's just artistry is what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean the studio is my very favorite place in the world to be, besides my swimming pool, of course. <laughs> but um, I just. I'm just very fulfilled in there. I love surrounding myself. I call them surgeons, the musicians in there. They, they're so gifted and they each have to do their parts the proper way in order to come up with this creation. And the fact that they can do that just on the fly and, and not even miss a note, you know, it's just, it's, it's miraculous to me, the gifts that they have been given and to be able to, to organize and put it all together as a song with seven notes that's all we got, you know, and, and every song has to sound different. And it's amazing. There's not more lawsuits going on. Cause how can you keep recreating songs and be different every time?
0: Yeah. I've thought the same thing. I, you know, I have to listen to music all the time because of so many people that I interview, but I listen to music on a general basis. But when I'm having to interview somebody, I like to listen differently to mm-hmm. all of their songs, their their music. And it is really amazing that why? how do people keep creating different songs? Like you said, there's only seven notes to deal with and it's, not end up uh-huh. in a lawsuit down the road.
1: I know. Well, I mean, we have, what, t- is it 26 letters in the alphabet? It's kind of the same thing. How do we have gazillion words, you know, in different languages? And <laughs> it, it's, God is good, is all Family? I can say. That's it.
0: Good. That's it. Well, let me ask you something about your hit song and the best-selling book, I'm Not Going Anywhere. Uh, What kind of stories have you received from fans who fell in love with the song as well as read your book? What have you been hearing?
1: It is overwhelming. Like, I cannot believe, not just hundreds, but literally thousands of people from all over the world. Thank goodness for Amazon. Thank goodness for the ability for people to, to hear the song and or get the book. Of people that that heard it and then bought the book, they've written me and told me that it has really encouraged them. It's brought them happiness through times that they were going through, you know, maybe a cancer diagnosis or whatever. Or taught them life lessons or they've given it as a gift to somebody. It's just kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Some, some people have uh, used my song in funerals, and they've written me and told me that they played my song as their loved one was passing. And I, I mean, that has to be a God thing because I, that song was written 17 years ago. Why now? Why is it just now resonating with people? So timing is everything, and, boy, am I appreciative. It is it's a big deal. I'm very, very, very proud of it.
0: Yeah, and wasn't it a surprise to you that uh, you had heard the song on the the TV commercial, and then uh, what was the chart in which it just skyrocketed out of nowhere?
1: (laughs) The Shazam chart. That's right,
0: Shazam.
1: Yes, it was the weirdest thing because I had never heard, well, I've heard of Shazam, but I never thought about me being on it, you know, it's just a very strange thing, but I kept getting these notifications saying that you have reached, you know, level this and that on charts and Shazam charts. I thought there's a Shazam chart. That is so strange. Now, now that I know about it, it is equally as important as like a music road chart or things like that, because people get their media from so many other places than just radio. You know, so Shazam has really come a long way and to have made it successfully on that chart for almost a year. It was just rising up and down, you know, depending on what territory it was being played in. And even still today, if I see somebody has Shazammed me in Michigan, I know they're playing the commercial in Michigan again, you know, so it's it's kind of a a tracker too.
0: Oh, well, that's good to know. I mean, I just find it Mm -hmm. so phenomenal how... All of that happened in the beginning, like you said, after 17 years. And then Mm -hmm. was the book in the works or was the book the spinoff from the success of the song?
1: The book was totally a spinoff. We had actually been cleaning out our garage during the pandemic. I wanted to clean it out, but TG was, it was (laughs) lost. He was not excited about that job. So um, we cleaned out the garage and found a lot of awards of his that he had forgotten about and a lot of plaques and honors and all this stuff that he, he was reliving it. He had an opportunity to go back and tell me stories of all of these, which was really great. And I was cleaning out my own stuff as well. And I happened across all of my notes when I was diagnosed. And it just kind of floored me. I'd forgotten a lot of it. You know how you just kind of choose to not think about some things. And so my friend Kim called me that same day and she said, I dreamed you wrote a book and it helped a lot of people. And I said, that is weird. I I never thought of myself as an author. I said, strangely enough, I found all these notes for when I was diagnosed. She goes, yeah, that's what the book was about. You should start there and go forwards and backwards. And I'm like, okay, you know, and so I sat down and, and just, just, poured my soul out and I I really didn't stop writing for months. You know, it took me maybe four months to put it together. It was very um, time consuming, very cathartic. I'm really grateful that I did it. I'm grateful for my friend Missy that that had some experience in that and helped me along the way. Um, She's from Texas as well, Missy Quarry. And um, we were able to debut it on the Huckabee TV show which I later found out they only allow 12 authors on their show a year. So for me to be picked as one of them as a brand new author was really a miracle. And it gave me a real nice leg up.
0: Wow, now that is quite an honor. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because for me, you know, authors will get interviewed all the time, uh, even on, on my show, to be, but to be picked for one of 12, I would say that is a very high honor. But your book has touched thousands and thousands of lives.
1: Thank you. You know, it's not, um, it was a personal uh, self-published book that we did. And that's an even bigger rarity for for Governor Huckabee to have me on there because they have, you know, Simon Schuster and and some random house, some of the biggest writers in the world. And I'm sure they were very mad (laughs) at this (laughs) opportunity. Um, you know, pays to know people, I guess. No, but I, I just, uh, was very grateful and it, it started a, a plethora of opportunities for me as a writer. Uh, thanks, thanks to him and his staff there.
0: Now on your website, you have the book available. Um, and there's also what, a, a CD as well.
1: Well, we've got all of our music on kellylang.net and we've got a lot of new things that are coming out in the store, of course, but the the new music, the new videos, um, any videos that you have seen me perform, you can even see um, all of my Huckabee performances on my website. It, we've got something new coming in every week, and, and we're going to have your interview up there as soon as we get this up and running. We like to keep things updated as much as we can. And uh, thanks to you, we've got some fun things coming up. I think we're going to be um, doing some things in New York with, with Miss Sue, yes. and I'll tell you more about that later. So no. that, that's a lot of fun.
0: That is going to be a, that's literally going to be a blast. So I can't wait for all of that to come together. Uh, man, I, I can just picture the trip in my mind already. But uh, me too. Kelly, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. The, the beauty and fashion capital of the world is New York City. Some people may claim Paris, but we're American. We'll say New York City. But, I'm
1: uh, saying New York City.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What are who... Are some of your favorite country artists without naming T.G. Shepherd?
1: Well, Dolly Parton, Barbara Mandrell, Reba, um, Lori Morgan, of course. Lori was so um, so much integral part of my success in any way. She she took me under her wing and and paid for me to get my hair and makeup done and photo shoots and. Um, took me into the studio and and worked with me a lot. And, you know, people don't know that side of her. She's a very loving and giving, generous to give back, uh, artist to artist, where a lot of artists wouldn't want a competition or whatever. So I'm really grateful for her. Um, Men-wise, of course, Conway Twitty was was the ultimate uh, person for me because that's how I, I grew up. Uh, my dad was his road manager, so that was really cool to be able to see him and Loretta Lynn all the time. I, and I, I can't really pick one over the other because they've all had an integral part of my my life. I just I love them all.
0: Well, let me ask you this: because Elvis Presley, the movie Elvis, is the biggest hit in the theaters right now. What does Elvis Presley's music mean to you as a fan and as an artist?
1: As a fan, my my family loved Elvis Presley when growing up. That's all I heard around the house was, you know, my sister was a huge fan and his fan club and everything. And it was, it's a lot of childhood memories. I never, ever, ever thought I would meet anybody in the Elvis Presley family, rather less become very close friends. And uh, I, I love my friendship with Priscilla so much. She's, she's just a a lovely, fun, wickedly funny person. Um, we, we get to see each other maybe once a year, but we chit chat and text all the time. Um, it's really funny because TG's friendship with Elvis, you know, obviously was with Elvis who would think 43 years later that I would be friends with his wife. It's it's very strange. You know, it's, it's just a, a, an unusual dynamic. Um, his music today, the the movie, I think was really really creative, well done, but you know nobody's Elvis and nobody nobody can play Elvis like Elvis. So it was it was incredible. I think Austin Butler did a great job, but I kept wanting to see Elvis again. You know, so um, I, he was the most beautiful human being I think ever created. Um, I, I I just I don't know. I just think he's the best. He, he. Nobody can beat him.
0: Well, Kelly, I want to thank you so much for coming back onto the show, and uh, and debuting. What an incredible song, "Midnight Train in Georgia." And, ladies and gentlemen, you need to head over to KellyLang.net. You need to listen to the song, buy the song. That's what I say all the time. <laughs> and uh, check out her her book. I'm not going anywhere. And for for those of you who have not read that book yet, you need to buy that book and read it. It will bless you to no end. And it, it's something you want to share with your family and friends. So get Kelly Lang's book, I'm Not Going Anywhere Again. Download the brand-new single, Midnight Train to Georgia, greatest state in the union next to Texas here. And, of course, Kelly, <laughs> you're probably picking Tennessee. but uh, And I'm a huge Nashville, Tennessee fan. So love that town. And, again, well, head over to kellylang.net. And, Kelly, thank you so much. You're, it's always a joy to have you on thank the show. You.
1: Well, we've got hard copies and uh, paperback available, autographed, personal autographed copies, if you let me know what you want from me on kellylang.net. But – you can also get them on Amazon. So we have got the Kindle version on there as well.
0: Ah, there you go. I'm a big Kindle fan, but the only drawback is, is I have to come to your house to autograph my Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. Well, le- ladies <laughs> Thank and you, gentlemen, Dr. Bond. yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, again, and, and I hey, and I'd go straight to KellyLang.net, get the autograph copy, and like she said, she'll even personalize the book for you. You can't get better than that. And Kelly Lang is such. A dear friend, a wonderful person, a fantastic singer. I could just go on and on. But ladies and gentlemen, when you head over to listen to her songs, the old soul album is is fantastic. Her duet album. Can't wait for the brand new duet album coming out, Kelly. So uh, an
1: old soul too, with brand new stuff on it. With Midnight Train to Georgia will be out November the 11th.
0: Ooh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. I say it's Christmas time at (laughs) kellylang.net. So again, head over there. And again, Kelly, it's always an absolute honor and a pleasure and a fun time with you. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back right after this.
1: Thank you, doctor.
0: Thank you, Kelly.